Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 17th, 2016. My name is Phil prosper I'm the site expert and editor over at Orlando magicdaily.com and of course I'm talking to you today after a win yes it was a win for the Orlando Magic another ugly win something that has become a consistent theme with the Magic both a a win that was uh, good for its ugliness and also bad for its ugliness I'll explain that a little bit later on in the show as I discuss the Magic's 89-82 win over the New Orleans Pelicans I will also talk a little bit about my observations both on the kind of game it was, the kind of way the Magic are winning games these days, uh, and the defense and whether it's beginning to turn itself around, which which I think it really is. And then I'll close the show today with a little bit of talk about everyone's favorite topic right now, and that is Mario Hazonia. We all want to talk about someone who's not playing because the most popular player on the team is still the backup quarterback. Before we get going, though, I do want to remind everyone to please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all those fun places that you can find podcasts and download them to your podcast listening devices. We do appreciate the five-star rankings that you give us on iTunes. Give us five-star rankings. It does help us climb, climb those rankings and let other people know about the show. We do appreciate all the love that we've been getting uh, on the podcast throughout the beginning parts of the season. The Orlando Magic are hanging around at five and seven, folks. They're they're They're... It seems bleak. Everything seems bleak with this Magic team, uh, but they're right there in the thick of things early on in the season, and the schedule does lighten up a little bit. They got a nice little home stretch coming, so be sure to check that out, and we'll find out kind of who this Magic team is in the next uh, two, three weeks or so. So let's talk about the Orlando Magic's 89-82 win over the New Orleans Pelicans. It was another very ugly, very... Difficult to watch affair at times. And, you know, if you're a basketball junkie like me, you sometimes enjoy stuff like this and sometimes you don't. And it's it just it's not a very pretty pretty sight right now for the Orlando Magic. Their offense is still absolutely abysmal. And that was one of the themes throughout this game, that the offense just could not sustain anything. The Orlando Magic shoot 38.6% from the floor. 10 for 27 from beyond the arc, 11 for 19 from the foul line, get 13 offensive rebounds, uh, score only 89 points. And this was a game that it felt like the Magic had to win. And the big reason for that was Anthony Davis did not play for the New Orleans Pelicans. And yet they found themselves in a fight deep into the fourth quarter. Uh, New Orleans took the lead late in the fourth quarter, uh, but the Magic went on a nice little run, got the lead back out to six and never really extended it further out than that. But it the lead felt very safe because New Orleans wasn't scoring either. And without Davis especially, that proved itself to be very, very difficult for them. Uh, They shot 30 for 82, 36.6%, 7 for 21 from beyond the arc. Just not a very strong game for the New Orleans Pelicans. And of course, that is to be expected with Anthony Davis out for 
the game. So what do we take from this game? What what what, what do we uh, look at from this game? Well, there there were a few interesting perspectives following the game, and and one of them certainly was that this was a game that the Magic needed to win and needed to win handily. They did take a 15-point lead in the second quarter. They scored 31 points in the second period. Uh, Very slow start. Both teams, uh, I think the Magic did not make a field goal for nearly four minutes in this game, or a little bit more than four minutes in this game, uh, the first four minutes of this game. It took them a while to get going, and and offensively they were pretty slow, but they actually scored 52 points in the first half. They actually did get out in transition. They They got the defensive stops to turn into points. Their offense began to flow with the second unit especially, and the Magic took a 15-point lead. It looked like they were going to run away with this thing and make it look comfortable. But in the third quarter, they came out really flat, really stagnant, ISO heavy once again, and the New Orleans Pelicans took advantage, came back into the game, made it tight again, made a two-point game, heading into the fourth quarter, took the lead again in the fourth quarter before the Magic finally pulled away thanks to a couple of nice shots from Nikola Vucevic, who, as we know, has struggled a lot from the field, but he... Had nice offensive rebound put back as well as a nice post-up that got the Magic a six-point lead and finally some breathing room to win the game. The sense after the game, and if you watched Fox Sports Florida, you probably saw Aaron Gordon talk about this and he talked about it as well after the game, was that this game just wasn't up to the Magic's standards. And so now it's time to see how they move forward from that even after a win. Tonight, it's complacent. You know, lack of effort, lack of energy. Um, that's not going to work for us when we play Dallas. Uh, we're going to come out, have to come out with much more energy, and um, we, you know, we'll be all right. There certainly remains a bit of a, a quiet confidence about this team that things are going to to right themselves, and you know, certainly there was a little bit of complacency, certainly a little bit of the game slowing down too much, relying too much on isolations, not getting the ball moving, not really penetrating and being aggressive, which are so important to everything that the Magic do on the offensive end especially. But actually, I would argue defensively they were pretty locked in tonight. Um, you, you give up 82 points in a game, you allow a team to shoot less than 40% from the from the floor. It's certainly a good sign. It's not a bad thing. There's still things to clean up, obviously, and still mistakes that are being made. Uh, but, you know, I look at this game, I also look at, the way they won this game, which is ugly, which a lot of, you know, I, I was commenting to uh, our good friend Zach Oliver of Orlando Pinstripe Post, the Magic probably lose this game last year. Um, this is this was a game where, again, just like Philadelphia, just like Washington, and you, you may not like the names of those teams because those are not the best teams in the league, and certainly playoff teams have to do a little bit better, but good teams find a way to win these games or at least decent teams do, and and the Magic uh, are continuing to find ways to win games. They've still got one of the best net ratings in the fourth quarter. They're, they're, they're stepping up late in games, and I think that is generally a good sign for the team moving forward. I'll talk a little bit more about the defense in just a moment, but let's run down the statistics real fast. Uh, Serge Ibaka, Evan Fournier lead the team with 16 points. Ibaka, 7 for 13 shooting, 8 rebounds. Uh, for the Magic, Evan Fournier, 16 points on 5 for 13 shooting. Nikola Vucevic with 10 points, 5 for 12 shooting, 14 rebounds, including 11 on the defensive glass. Did a very good job defensively with three block shots, was in position most of the time, and also did a good job uh, boxing out the weak side, which has been a struggle for the Magic. Uh, helped contain Omer Ashik, especially on the glass. Uh, so a very good job from him. Off the bench, DJ Augustin, 
and Damian Rudej had 11 points. Aaron Gordon, 10 points for the Magic. Again, they shoot 38.6% from the floor, 37% from beyond the arc, 10 made, 10 made three-pointers. Uh, and when the rebounding battle, 50-48, to 48, uh, got 15 fast break points, 38-26 to 26 points in the paint, and a big bugaboo for them. Gave up 13 for 36 in the paint as well. Uh, and then 16-second uh, 16, 16 chance points. Uh, so overall, just a... Not the cleanest game offensively, certainly. They they certainly could have been a lot more efficient on that end. But defensively, uh, the Magic were really dialed in. And uh, like I said, I, I believe that's a very, very good sign for this team moving forward. And, and one of my big takeaways from the game. Yeah, we're coming. We still have a long way to go there, too. You know, I, I think uh, you, know, you can't really look at that for this game. This is an undermanned opponent, obviously. But... You know, certainly a, a couple straight games that holding them under under forty percent shooting, and you know the scoring totals going down is a good sign. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one get one free on our best selling LED light bulbs. Our four pack of LED bulbs is nine ninety nine, and our two pack of LED floodlights is only twelve ninety nine. Buy one get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. And that gets us to a brief discussion of where the defense is. Yeah, Yes, perhaps this game isn't the best judge of where the Magic are defensively. Perhaps uh, it isn't that kind of a game because the, the Pelicans were without Anthony Davis. They were without... Uh, are they, you know, they, they're down their best player, essentially their most challenging player defensively. Um, but at the same time, you did hold an NBA team to 82 points. And, and I think most of us kind of recognize the Magic's problems are generally on the offensive end right now. It's not, they're not necessarily a uh, offensive juggernaut by any sense. And, and even I said before the game, this, this just isn't a Magic team that's going to blow anybody out unless things are really, really clicking which it seemed like they were in the first half, but then ended up not throughout the game. The defense has been the biggest concern for the Orlando Magic throughout the season. They're you know, really, really low on the defensive rating list. Uh, let me pull this up real fast. Uh, they've, they've been in the bottom five of defensive rating for most of the season. And it really didn't seem like they're... And it really seemed like it was completely deserved. They were really lethargic, uninspired, just not making the right right uh, rotations, not making the right helps. No one was helping the helper. It was just a lot of different things were going into it, and, and you'd see it in stretches. You'd see small stretches of really good defensive play and defensive rotations, and then you'd see it all crumble and go away. The Magic still are not strong defensively. They've, they've had a good little run, but they're slowly starting to climb their way out of the basement. After Wednesday's games, the Magic are no longer in the bottom five. They are, let's count, 30, 29, 28, 27, 26, 25, 24, 23, 22, 21, 20, 19, 18, 17, 16. They are smack dab in the middle, 15th in the NBA in defensive rating at 104.6. We were talking about a team that was at like 109, 108 late late last week, after, especially after the Minnesota game. So, yeah, the stats are still a little bit wonky. They're, they're still... Uh, there's still going to be a lot of noise and statistics. You know, a good game, a bad game can swing you up or down a few points, which which it did today. But to see the Magic now back at 15th in the league in defensive rating at 104.6 points allowed per 100 possessions is certainly 
a very good sign of the direction the team was going. Just last week on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, we wrote an article saying that the defensive struggles, and it was not even last week, it was five days ago. We wrote an article saying the Magic... The Magic's defensive struggles are a huge red flag. Our David Iwanowski noted they're giving up 109 points per round possessions. They're 29th in the league in defensive efficiency. Uh, they were near the bottom of the league in nearly every defensive statistic. Even their bigs, even supposedly their biggest strength, was letting them down. Serge Ibaka was allowing you know 63.6% shooting at the rim and five and a half attempts per game. Bismack Biombo was giving up 76.2% shooting near the basket, within six feet of the basket as well. So their best players seemingly weren't performing, and I don't have an update on those stats specifically, uh, but the Magic were at the lowest of the lows they could be uh, last week, just a week ago. After that Minnesota game, though, things changed. Things changed in a, in a dramatic way for the Orlando Magic. They played the Utah Jazz and held them under 90 points. They played the Thunder. That was a big kind of race-out game, a lot of scoring in that game, but honestly, the Magic probably played their best defense of the entire season in the first quarter and a half of that game. Took a 21-point lead on the road against Oklahoma City, which Oklahoma City started to come back to earth a little bit, and I think the Magic had a little bit to do with that. But that was that's still an impressive feat. I mean, they, they really had control of that game, and then emotion got them. Even on tired legs and not being able to make shots in Indiana. They held the Pacers to 88 points. 19-point loss, granted. I'm not arguing that. Offense was bad. But the defense did its job. Gave the Magic every opportunity to win that game. And then, of course, Wednesday night, the Magic hold the Pelicans to 82 points. Like, Josh Lloyd of of Lockdown Fantasy Basketball has a really good saying about uh, fantasy fantasy basketball players and evaluating whether to pick up a player in fantasy basketball that, that goes on a big scoring binge, that has a big scoring game. It's the belief that they can do it. Brandon Jennings has been trading off that 50-point game that he had his rookie year because everyone knows he can do that once in the NBA. Why can't he do it again? Or when is he going to do it again? Maybe that's a bad example, but it's essentially the same concept I'm trying to play out here. We know the Magic can play really, really bad defense and look silly. Minnesota made them look silly. Chicago made them look silly. Detroit made them look silly. Cleveland made them look silly. But we're also beginning to understand that the Magic can play really, really good defense too. In their last four games, their defensive rating is now... uh, Let me make sure I get this number correct. I don't want to give you bad information... In their last four games, the Orlando Magic's defensive rating is 96.1 points allowed per 100 possessions. That puts them fourth in the league over each team's last four games. The Magic are 2-2 two and two in those games as well. Again, you, that's Utah, Oklahoma City, Indiana, and now New Orleans. What that tells me is that this team can be very good on the defensive end. And we're beginning to see that. And what it also tells me, looking at how the Magic have won some of their games, and and a lot of their games now, is that they're willing to play ugly basketball. And, And certainly, the way this game went, the way Utah went, the way Indiana went, it can be stunningly 
ugly basketball. Just incredibly bad, ugly basketball that casual fans aren't going to want to watch. But the bottom line is, the Magic want to win. And so if they can win playing this style, it can work. And we know the offense is going to be a struggle, and, and that's something I think the Magic will have to address at some point. Um, certainly once the trade market opens up on December 15th, so a month away from from, the, from those rumors flying. But this team has learned how to bring people down to their level, to bring an ugly brand to their level. And yeah, maybe New Orleans, they played like they had a little bit of a cushion, and, and they certainly it certainly felt like they did, the way they kind of lays through the game offensively especially. But defensively, generally, the Magic were on point throughout the game. They were very strong defensively. The rotations were as sharp as I've seen them. They made good reads. They made good They made good plays on the defensive end. I saw Alfred Payton, I think he's still learning the right times to dig and to show, made the right calls on several occasions, got a few steals that way, started some fast breaks, generated some offense. Nikola Vucevic sliding over to, uh, to cover the weak side rebounder to prevent an offensive rebound. That's a big, that's a big, big thing. So, a week ago, we we're talking about how the Magic's defense is a major problem. Now it feels like it's becoming an identity. And it still has a long way to go, as Frank Vogel said in the, in the audio clip I played earlier. It still has a ways to go. Things are not clean quite yet. And certainly the opponent, maybe you don't want to draw too many conclusions off of, off of Wednesday's opponent. But in the, in the short time span, the numbers also aren't lying either. The Magic are getting stops and giving themselves every chance to win because of their defense. Right now, and this is going to be, this is a completely self-serving comparison, but if you follow college football, or if you know me, I'm, I'm a Northwestern alum. So if you follow college football last year, the Northwestern Wildcats went 10-2. and not, They were not a 10-2 and team, let me tell you that. Advanced stats show that, that they should not have won 10 games. What they did, though, was they played really, really good defense. They kept scores low. They didn't allow a lot of points. And, they, and their offense just did enough. They had one of the worst offenses in the country last year, they, but they just did enough. Except when they played Tennessee, Michigan, and Iowa. The only three real teams they played that season. Those teams just beat the, beat the heck out of them. And the reason they did was because the offense couldn't carry its weight and the defense wore down. And it felt like, and, and uh, now, now I'm going to bring it all back, it felt like especially early in the season, and, and even to some extent now, when the Magic's offense can't carry its burden, when it can't at least give the defense something to, ha- to hang, hang on or some momentum to hang on, the defense too will collapse and they'll get their butts kicked. But with the defense as a base now, if the, if the defense can continue to grow as a solid base and give the offense a chance to find a rhythm, any rhythm, then they should be able to win just about any game. That 10-3 and Wildcats team I talked about won a lot of close games. Um, if you watched Big Ten football, Wisconsin probably won the game twice and, and Northwestern escaped with a victory. Uh, there were certain, uh, Penn State, they had to come from behind 
on a last-second drive, and the offense actually bailed them out. Same thing at Nebraska. A lot of close games. They could have easily been 6-6 six and six as much as they were 10-3. and three. I guess 7-6. and six. I'll give them a bowl win. But that's kind of how this Magic team is right now. They're relying a little bit on some luck factors. They're relying on their defense to give their offense a chance and then just hoping their offense can do enough. And that was very much what Wednesday's game was like. I'll use another, another, I'll close this section of the podcast out with another reference to my Northwestern Wildcats and then some advice to fans when watching this team as I don't think this will be the last 89-82 game we see because we've seen now four of these games. The Washington game was 88-86. Utah was a very low-scoring game. Indiana was a very low-scoring game, and so was this. I don't think this will be the last one. It's time to embrace the suck, everybody. (laughs) This team's going to play ugly. It's going to play very hard to watch basketball, but... All they're asking for is a chance to win at the end. And with the way they're playing in fourth quarters this year, I think they believe they can win those games. And and that confidence is also pretty big, too. But that hasn't really been tested yet. The team hasn't really been tested yet. They don't have a, fanta- a, a lot of great wins. Oklahoma City's a good win. Now, of their five wins, you know, their games the Magic probably should win or, or at least... Uh, be competitive in, and and certainly we should have expected more from this game against New Orleans. The Magic played, at least in the first half, like they should have gotten more, and so there's still a lot of work to do for the Magic to get there, but they're learning how to win ugly, they're learning how to to gut these games out, and so I think that that, I personally think, and I've said this before, is a valuable trait for a team to have, and so I I think if that becomes their identity, that they're, that they're the new Memphis Grizzlies that just wins games while everyone's scoring 120, 130 points, the Magic win game score 93 points, 94 points. That can still be a successful formula if you can pull it off. And I'm not ready to say the Magic defense is quite there yet consistently, but they're better and they're doing their job right now to to give the Magic opportunities to win. And that's that's all you can ask from, from a defense at the end of the day. And speaking of opportunity, of course, there's one player on the Magic who is now seeking his opportunity, probably the, the player I get asked the most about, and that is uh, Sir Mario Hazonia of the Church of Hazonia. Um, relegated to the bench last week uh, after um, Frank Vogel decided to change the lineups a little bit, uh, go with Jeff Green as a starter, to keep Aaron Gordon at the three, and I know everyone's a little bit annoyed by this experiment that the Magic insists to continue to run, uh, but they're going to continue to run it. They're going to continue to try it. I personally don't think it's the worst idea still. Uh, he's still very valuable as a three on the perimeter. I saw Terrence Jones kind of muscle him around a little bit at the four. Um, I think he's. I think ultimately he is probably a three in the long run. He's just got to develop the offense to stay, stay relevant there or stay in the race there. Um, that's neither here nor there. This is about Mario Hazonia. And so Hazonia has been pushed out of the rotation. And the question is why? What has Mario done to 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 be to be this way? Because he is one of their young players that they need to develop, that they need to see what they can get from. And and frankly, the Magic do need to cash in on Azonia. There's certainly a little bit of drafters remorse seeing 
So many of the other players in, in that draft doing well. Justice Winslow, Stanley Stanley Johnson hasn't done fantastic, but Justice Winslow and Miles Turner especially uh, get drawn up to me about uh, the Magic missing opportunities with the draft. Uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and redraft that draft, not today at least. I don't think Miles Turner was an option. I heard some things about Justice Winslow's workout in Orlando uh, that were not fantastic. Um, you know, I'm sure you can guess what, what that is. Uh, but it... it that's it's irrelevant right now. The Magic drafted Mario Zonia, so they got to make the best best of him. Hizonia has just, you know, when it comes down to it, and and I've I've talked about this a lot in the last week since the lineup change. It's about production. And yeah, C.J. Watson probably hasn't given the Magic a whole ton more, but Hizonia has just really struggled with the playing time he was given. He's shooting 17.9% from beyond the arc. This is supposed to be one of your better three-point shooters. Averaging 5.6 points per game, which is nice, but 30.8% from the floor. His, field, his effective field goal percentage is 34.6%. What is he really giving you if he's not making shots? Surprisingly, not surprisingly, his defensive box plus minus is very bad, minus 2.2, and his offensive box plus minus is even worse, minus 7.0, because he's not making shots. Hazonia needs to make shots. And so how do you get him to do that? Well, you got to help him build some confidence and maybe playing him would do that, but it's it's a little more complicated than that, I think. I'm not quite sure the best way to say how Mario Hazonia is going to get minutes, but it's also very clear that, that this isn't quite the environment for him, maybe. The Magic needing to win, Hazonia is not a player ready to compete for a winning team right now, in my opinion. I think he needed some time to develop. He needed a a space to make mistakes. And the Magic never really afforded him that. Never really gave him that. Everyone asks me, why did the Magic draft Mario Hazonia over a short pick or or something else? And, you know, I think Hazonia was probably the best player on the board. But the issue with the Magic at that time, though was they needed players who could help them win now. And while Hazonia's three-point shooting was certainly something the Magic needed, he doesn't necessarily help them win now. He was always a project. I've had people tell me, why is you know, Magic should trade Hazonia? It's time to give up on him. And it's like, look, you didn't draft Hazonia for what he was going to do in 20, 2016. You probably don't draft Hazonia for what he's going to do in 2017. It's what he does four or five years into his career. Granted, not a lot of rookies get that much time. They got to show something. And the problem with Azonia is in the stint that he had at the beginning of the year, he didn't really show very much that he was an NBA caliber player. Remember, his supposed NBA skill was his three-point shooting. And he's shooting less than 20% on threes so far this year. Uh, in I mean, his, his actual total is 5 for 28. His shot selection isn't great. His defense isn't great. So, what is he really adding to the team? And so, with that being the case, you can see why the Magic kind of took him out of the rotation. He was someone that was very easy to sacrifice. That's just kind of the way it goes. I do think Hazonia will work his way back into the rotation at some point. As Frank Vogel said, 
Um, for now, he's out of the rotation. I don't know when he'll be back in, but the hope is that he'll be back in the rotation relatively soon. I think that's something that the Magic want for sure, and that's some, something that I think Vogel wants, but he just wants to stabilize the lineups a little bit. He wants to get the Magic playing at a, at a level that he expects them to play, and that is something that veterans typically provide, and that's why I think C.J. Watson's playing. But, you know, I don't know how long that can last. I really don't know how long that can last. I think his has got to get his opportunity, but at the same time, he's he's got to earn it too. And, and so far, he hasn't really earned it. Statistically, he certainly hasn't earned it. And so, Zoni's going to have to show, prove things at practice again, you know, get his opportunity. And when his opportunity comes, he's got to take advantage of it. Because right now, he's just, if, if, we're, if we're doing this based on merit rather than on who you need to develop, yeah, Zoni has got to sit right now. Um, I, I don't think that will last, but it, it's got to happen. All right, I want to thank everyone for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. It's been a uh, certainly an interesting, ugly basketball game, but the Magic found their way. They got their job done. They got the job done, of course. They're sitting at 5-7, and seven, so nothing too much to panic about. They'll play the Dallas Mavericks on Saturday. Another golden opportunity for a win. Dallas a little bit of a, be- little bit of a better team, but they're struggling. Uh, the Magic have the worst field goal percentage in the league. Dallas has the second worst. So... Expect another ugly game, and like I said, embrace the suck, people. It's going to be bad, but it, but if it means wins, that means it's good. So that's that's where we're at with this team, frankly. That that you have to that you have to say that and and be willing to to embrace that kind of attitude and mentality uh, with this team. So I want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. Again, you can subscribe on Audioboom, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, all those great places. Be sure to leave us a review and be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got every NBA team covered. So if you're not a Magic fan, you happen to stumble on this podcast, thanks for listening. But also be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network for your team. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can also check out our, our great NFL podcast as well if the NFL is your thing over the NBA. Again, thanks for listening. We appreciate you checking out Locked On Magic and, and hearing me talk about uh, a, a game that you probably did not want to watch. Once again, the final from the Amway Center, the Orlando Magic defeat the New Orleans Pelicans 89-82. to uh, That's all that has to be said, I think. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. Thanks for listening. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.